Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 68, the Punchboarders are going to talk about some recent plays, and then we're going to review Imperial Struggle. Hey everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. I'm Richie. Chad, hey. I need your help. Oh, okay. All I need right. your help. I need to add something else to my miniature market order so I get over the $100. Ooh. Oh, all right. This Ooh, Chad, is so I fun. need your help too then. Okay. Oh, oh. Like <laughs> I'm also, I have, I'm at, I think I'm at $75. Oh, so you and need And I like can't find least... anything else to fill it out. Oh. So I'm... this segment is called Chad Goes Shopping with Clef and Richie's Money. <laughs> I like that. There we go. Right. <laughs> I'm down. Works for me. <laughs> okay. I'm... I'm actually at $96.97, so... Oh, sleeves, baby, but sleeves. I, I, I don't really care. No, no, it's, it could be a full game. I don't care. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care how far over the 100 I go. Oh, all right, all right then. Yeah, you, you got full... Okay, so here I'm going to tell you what's in my cart so far, Chad, yep. all right? I need that information first, okay. yeah. The first thing that... The first couple things that are actually in my cart are not board games... But Ooh, they okay. are counter tray sets. Oh boy! Ooh, did you get the deep ones? I, well, I got a, I got a set of the deep ones, and I'm getting a set of the regular ones because oh, okay. uh, the all deep the ones are nice. Yeah, the, they looked nice. So, but all these GMT games that I'm getting, I definitely need these counter trays because they really come in handy. So there's my cart. So Chad, what would you have as a good suggestion for me? Well. I mean, it's got to be a war game. It sounds like for you, this is this is what you're into now, right? Which is, well, I, I feel like crazy talk that I'm that I'm saying this. That is nuts, right? Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, <laughs> if we, it's just like I just want to go back to the the episode from a year ago, right? And and we got in the time machine, and then Biff punched us in the mouth and took the sports almanac, <laughs> and Clef's like, "I love war games." Yeah, <laughs> I know. Okay, well, oh, all right. So so with that in mind. I'm going to say time of crisis because I really actually selfishly want us to all play this together. And I believe, I think it's three or four players and it is, it's a long game. It's uh, some of our capstone friends. It's, it's their, you know, one of their favorites. I know that uh, Tim Coles really likes this game. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. You, you, you've sold me. All right. I've thrown it in the cart. I'm good. All right. Perfect. All right. right. Moving on to Richie. All right. Mission All accomplished. Right. All right, Richie. What do we got? You've right, got Chad, a twenty. So, you're asking for like twenty dollars. You said or something. It sounds like right. I like I said, you can go over. Yeah, I'm okay. at seventy five. Is okay. my grand okay. total right now. All right. Uh, so I have All Bridges Burning. Uh, that's okay. the yep. three player the latest coin game uh-huh. to come out. Yep. yep. The right. three player only coin game. Okay. okay. And then uh, the King is Dead Second Edition. Which I'll is see like that filler, almost like Pax Mimir ish yep. type game. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. I thought about throwing it in the cart. And okay. That was in my cart. That's in my cart. It's coming now. I, I got a, a okay. shipment that is coming, and that was in the cart. I mean, we really should just create like a, a Google sheet so that we're, we're <laughs> Look, not over, overlapping on our buys. Yeah, because, but you know what? I would get on the, sh- because I'm not, I'm not so coordinated lately and have been really busy. You guys would be like, okay, Chad, you get Ghost Blitz, and then we're going to get these games that we all really like. So, well, Chad, you can pick up that pinball game. <laughs> Right. another marvel yeah. champion game yeah yeah there you go Although well, we, I'd be we happy got to play those. the pinball game the other day and that, that was actually pretty cool yeah did we, you have yeah. fun i mean it feels like pinball right 
Uh, it does. It really does feel like pinball. It, it was fun for about the first 30 minutes, and then I was like, okay, it's it's time to it, be done. Yeah. It goes a little long for a, yeah. a rolling ride. It, yeah, it there are right. times where it can outstay its welcome, but, yeah. you know, it, but... As a, as a solo game, even I think I think it feels like pinball. It so definitely yeah. had the feel of pinball. That is for sure. I yeah, will that, agree that, with they, that. they did a great job with that. Yeah. Okay, so so were, were there was there anything else in there then? That's it. Those two things. Okay, well, took me up to seventy five. I don't even know. I, I I don't know if this is for you. I've been thinking a lot about it and wondering if you were going to do it again or if you're done with it. So uh, this could be a miss for you. But what about uh, what about um, pandemic legacy season zero would you go back to that trough i've heard it's really popular i might but here's the thing season two is sitting on the shelf oh you still so, you, i didn't even know if you had gotten that okay yeah well that's i finished thing, season one yeah the issue is now we're i mean we have so many campaign games and legacy games in the the pipeline mm-hmm. that i'm a, a little concerned that i would ever get to it right i can understand that okay hmm. fair enough uh now this is a little bit light, and it's also legacy. I don't know if if you guys would like this, but um, what about uh, My City? That's Reiner Canizia stuff. Would you? That's been getting some interesting reviews. I've heard like even though it's a little bit simpler, that it's kind of a fun, and those games are really zippy. You know, so I, I think know. Clef picked that up, didn't you? Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, by pure accident, <laughs> I was trying to add something to cart. It said Canizia on it. I thought, oh, cool. And then I found out it's a legacy game. And now I'm a little little intimidated now. I wouldn't worry too much because <laughs> the games of that go like 15 minutes. And I think actually you and you and I know that now Missy's actually uh, playing a ton of GMT games with you. But I think that uh, I think that maybe you guys should try it out when you feel like just chatting and playing a game. Because like I heard, okay. yeah, it, it's super... And the cool thing about it, obviously, is that I've heard is that at two player, because it's made for two to four, one to four players or two to four players, something like that, that you have a whole nother two boards and stickers for everything for another two players to play oh, it. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. So that's something to think about. All right. um, but uh, and then Richie Paris is out. Did you get Paris? Because it's Cromer and Keesling. I, I haven't yet, but. Uh, once again, Clef bought that. Oh. <laughs> well, how am I supposed I'm to like help winning, you out? I I'm mean, winning this here. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's really tough. I, and I'm and honestly, I have been like I've put that in the cart. I've taken it out because I'm I'm trying to be good and wait till I can play Clef's copy before I just you know pull the trigger on it. But sure. like you said, it is Cromer and Keesling. It's a beautiful. It looks the production looks beautiful as well. Well. I know. Okay, so here's here's my last ditch effort here, and, <laughs> All right, and, and I might just have to go one for two after that. But uh, I, I, with at the risk of making uh, one of our sponsors upset, uh, how about Folded Space? They've got a lot of new inserts on. They do have a lot of new inserts on there. Yeah. I own most of them already. <laughs> oh my but, god! Because <laughs> I backed their Kickstarter a long time ago. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I, I like the Paris suggestion, and honestly, the My City. Yeah. When uh, Clef was talking about it, I thought that that would be too light for him, but that, I think that might be perfect for Jessica. Right. And I actually, I taught Knox his first Kinesia Oh, tonight. what was we it? Played, uh, we played Heckmech. That's the copy of it. I think mm-hmm. the American version is uh, Picomino. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he did well, and he actually understood it. The strategy is still getting down a little bit, but for a five-year-old, I was, I was impressed on how well he did. Nice. Fantastic. More important, so. did he have fun? Yeah, he they they uh, really enjoyed it. Isla was on my team, so she got to to roll the dice. So. Oh, good nice. work, parenting awesome. score. All right, well, so 
hopefully hopefully that solves the cart problem for right now i'm leaning towards paris all right i don't well well, that's the thing it's a kramer and kiesling like you'll want that for yourself yeah yeah i I have a lot of their games some of them i don't even like but (laughs) it just goes in the collection yeah okay it looks beautiful i I haven't had a chance to play it yet i just pulled it out kind of read the rules and and it's it's very nice production if nothing else yeah yeah well, okay, right, so Jed, let's... Well, I think you did pretty good. All right. Yeah, All right. I'm going gonna, I'm to give you a solid B+. Plus. All right, I'll take that. Right now, <laughs> where I'm sitting, I'll take a B plus any day. <laughs> uh, uh, so let's talk, about, let's talk about recent plays, too, because we started to talk about that. But, Clef, I, I have been hearing uh, that you played a game that I don't know when I'm going to get to play, but it's sitting on my shelf. So you, you played the Versailles game. Oh, the Jeff, I did. The other Jeff Engelstein game, not the pinball one. Uh, yes. Well, quite, <laughs> quite different, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did get a chance to play uh, Versailles 1919. And... Uh, it's a GMT game, and like you said, it's from uh, Jeff Engelstein and Mark Herman. And uh, it, uh, wow, I, I'm just going to start off by saying really, really fun for the first time playing it. We kind of started, uh, the, the game itself is a, uh, there's a bunch of issues. So if you imagine it's right after World War One, and all the allied powers are kind of getting together and trying to determine kind of what you know what rules or what you know things are going to happen after the war and so you've got britain you've got america you've got italy and you've got france uh basically all is the that's each player is going to be one of those powers and you're trying to settle these issues and obviously you want to sell settle them in the best way for you and the way you're doing this is you have 15 influence cubes that you start off the game with and on your turn you either have to put out influence onto two different issues and be winning those two issues or you have to settle an issue or you can return cubes from the exhausted pool you know and your cubes get exhausted after they've been out on issues and such and so it's really fun type of like i'm you know trying to get to this issue and then other oh somebody else is going to outbid you it also has some military things where you can do these military actions to stop uh uprisings in different parts of the country which obviously would mean bad things for you like you could lose cards or these issues that you'd won or you can also demobilize your military which then makes your country itself happy there's kind of a happiness track and certain issues will make you less you know your country go down in happiness but when you demobilize you go up in happiness because obviously everybody's happy when the military people come home but your military can also be very important from stopping these uprisings to keep these different issues and at the end of the game it's all about scoring points or whatever and these different issues have points i just found it fascinating i found it just very interesting and trying to figure out what your best best path was i'm like i can't wait to play it again it's the type of game that the moment i got done with it i was like oh man i saw everything i should have done better and i really can't wait to jump in and and try it again that sounds great it has a lot of negotiation in it right i mean from what i've seen it's pretty negotiation heavy and i've even heard it called uh, Churchill or my first Churchill, which is Mark Herman's other big game where it's three player and negotiating these things after the war. Uh, you definitely have points where you can be like, uh, hey, if you do this, you know, and settle this issue, you know, then I can do this type of thing for you. So, uh, in fact, there was a point we were playing with, um, I was playing with Ryan Brockman, our, our 3D bit space sponsor, um, and he uh, at some point, 
had something he could do to me. It was really bad. And I was like, hey, if you settle this issue for me, I will do this certain thing for you. And I'll, you know, the whole thing. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. And in the book, it says, if you make a deal, that turn, it that player on the player's turn that you make that deal, it is binding. But after that, then by the next player's turn, <laughs> it's not binding. So Ryan's like, okay, he does this whole thing, and then it comes over, and it's my turn, and I like did something completely different. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, it wasn't binding. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I, I got I got the spirit of Richie in me now. It's I know I know why Richie say, does that's this. That's a Richie move. I was all excited to play this game oh. with Richie until I heard it that. It feels good though when you do it, oh, doesn't it? Felt so good. The look on Ryan's face was like, what are you doing? Oh, it felt so good. Oh man. Well, I'm excited to try this one for sure, and I've actually actually heard that there's an interesting solo variant or there's different bots that you can put in and, and control too. So mm. again, like I, I have to look at that, but you know, mm. obviously it's a negotiation. So you really want, you know, as many as you can have, but I, I'm just curious as to how that works out. Yeah. I, I don't, obviously I didn't look into anything with that, but talk about if you're and and honestly, the game is not super heavy. Like it's not like, you got to know a hundred different rules or anything like that. It is literally on your turn, dropping cubes or settling issues or getting cubes back. That's really the main thing that you're doing. And you're just trying to win these issues. Lots of fun. I highly recommend it. It's a really, really good game. Cool. So that was a Versailles 1919. Yeah. What about you, Richie? What have you been playing? Well, we've been trying to get together with the Stuckies for like the past couple of months but every time because we only meet with them once a month and every these past couple of times uh, we've had COVID scares and then the kids were sick and uh, but finally we uh, this past weekend we we finally got together and we got a chance to play uh, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Clef you can go wash your hair or take a nap. <laughs> I, I think I already fell asleep. <laughs> I just got this played uh, this weekend too. So I'll be interested to I, hear you. I saw you, the pictures. Yeah. So oh. you played it at four. I played it at two. So it'll be interesting to compare notes here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we played it at four and uh, with this, and this is basically like my first Gloomhaven, essentially it's, it will kind of get you into the system, walk you through it slowly like the, i think the first five scenarios are basically teach you how to play the game uh there's 25 scenarios total uh and i have i have not played the big brother i haven't played gloomhaven i never got a chance to play gloomhaven um and we know we're not going to play it over at cleft so <laughs> you that hasn't right. happened you got that right <laughs> <laughs> so i i cracked it open and when you first open it there's this nice little uh, sheet that kind of walks you through how to how to set it up and get it ready for your first play I watched uh, Rodney Smith's Watch It Played video for it just to kind of get an idea of how it would play. But outside of that, we were just going to go through the the uh, the rule book, the tutorial that it kind of walks you through and learn it that way. And they uh, encourage because, you to do that, basically. Yeah. Yeah. When they tell you that you can do that on there, uh, you don't have to read the rules ahead of time, uh, which honestly, I would suggest doing that. And we've done that with this and then uh, Mechs versus Minions. And, and honestly, when they do it right, that is in my opinion, the perfect way for people to learn the game because everyone kind of just learns at the same time and it just kind of gives you those baby steps through the rules. We got in the first three scenarios uh, and then in this, everyone gets their own characters, There's only four characters in the box and everyone gets their own characters and basically the, the way that it plays, it plays a lot like Gloomhaven as far as what I've read, uh, just maybe a little bit more streamlined. Uh, but essentially, at the beginning of a turn, everyone has their own action cards, and you're going to be selecting two simultaneously. 
and then you're going to pick one of those to be your initiative card. Uh, and there's a, a number on both of the cards just in the center, and you'll reveal your initiative at your initiative cards at the beginning of a round, and then going from lowest to highest number, uh, that will set the initiative as far as you know who's going to go first and, and whatnot. And there are monsters that also have their own initiative number. So uh, I mean, right there, you got a little bit of strategy as far as do you want to go before the monsters are going to going to attack, or if you want to go after just depending and you can talk openly at the table as far as strategy goes you just can't give any numerical values you can't say any card names as far as the different actions or anything like that uh, so you, you can table talk a little bit but not not fully plan out your turns exactly uh, but then after that on uh, after you reveal that and the initiative is set then you just start taking actions in initiative order and you have on your cards you have a, a an action on the top and then an action on the bottom uh, and you will select one top action and one bottom action from each card but you have to if you take the top action on one card then you have to do the bottom action on the other card uh, and like i said we went through the first three scenarios and i mean essentially they're almost impossible to lose at least that that's how we felt especially with the four the four of us i could see maybe being a little bit harder with two only um, so i'd be interested to hear how you fared chad yeah uh we didn't notice that until we got to the third scenario and then we got a little bit nervous with some of the stuff i mean yeah you we did we tried to not table talk much at all and it got interesting because you know you for example, you would think, uh, okay, I'm going to go over and I'm going to take out this guy and then that'll leave me this to do this. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody else has a better initiative. They take out the guy, they do something different and you're like, oh, well, crap. Right. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, so, um, so there's those, those fun little decisions. We were, we were definitely okay, but I, I wondered because also, uh, they really set it up smart. The other great thing about this game, right, is it it's, it's on a map. So you didn't have this yeah. experience, but I played, um, I played Gloomhaven the Big Daddy once, once or twice, and there are tiles that you set out, and that takes a long, long time. Oh, yeah. And takes up a huge part of the table. And so, yeah, the, t the setup and teardown of this is real easy. Yeah. And I mean, I've played like, you know, Arcadia Quest and stuff like that where you have those individual tiles. And I mean, that that's 30 minutes in itself just trying to get that all set up where this you just flip the book the book open start reading and your map is right there so that was really nice and that's why you're bound to play more scenarios in a night too so that's yeah that's really nice the other thing that i will say that you kind of alluded to is they feed you bits and bits as you go along in the scenario until you're up to the full gloomhaven experience so there's still a lot of rules uh i'm i weeded three scenarios too and there's still a lot of rules that haven't been added in but it's i think the way to learn it because it gives you the the hunger for the game which out without pouring everything on at once and you still get the nice thing of upgrading your characters so they get different kind of attack cards in their deck and different mm -hmm. abilities as you go on through each scenario so you're invested but you don't get you don't drink from the fire hose right away Right, yeah, exactly. And especially with this group, because they, they do get overwhelmed if you throw something big on the table with a lot of moving pieces. So this was, I would say this was perfect experience for it. If you are interested in Gloomhaven, uh, I would def definitely recommend uh, starting with this if you if you get the chance. Plus, it's like, uh, you know, a third of the cost of regular Gloomhaven, I think. So that, yeah, that's... I think I, I caught it on the Amazon Prime sale for like thirty seven ninety nine. Oh, yeah, that was a big deal. And I think yeah, and I think MSRP is like 50 bucks anyway, so that's still not bad, especially yeah. when you're, you're comparing it to uh, Gloomhaven. Right, right. Yeah, well, cool. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm glad you got a chance to play it. You you think you will get through quite a bit? Were they really excited to play more of it? Uh, they were. Uh, uh, Stefan, actually, he's going to try to late pledge Frosthaven oh. now after playing it. So he's uh, And they, they play a lot, uh, just the two of them. They play a lot of dungeon, like they play Descent. Stuff like that. So I think that would be perfect for them to pick up. Sure. Yeah. That's one thing I'll, I'll say about it is it's not my type of game necessarily. I'm not a huge dungeon crawler. And I think even though I haven't played it in years, I'd probably rather play D&D. But um, I played with somebody who loves that stuff and is, is really infectious, you know, his his enthusiasm for it. And so it's one of those things where you just you, you get into it because they're into it. And then those that card play gives you sort of a little bit of the decision making you want yeah definitely so what have you been playing chad well we talked about uh my first churchill and my first gloomhaven uh, I'm, I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh my first glory to rome so no I, I, I don't think i'd call it that but it has some elements um i'm gonna talk about fort from leader games and grant rodiak and that's uh it's a card game uh it's a deck building game and it's kind of a interesting riff on it. Now, Grant Rodiak designed this game a few years ago as SPQR, which has something to do with uh, Roman centennials, I think, and, and that sort of thing. So that was the theme. But here in this theme, you are a group of kids and you're building your fort. And as you build your fort, you have stuff. You have toys and pizza. Those are your resources. You have toys and pizza and you have kids in the neighborhood that you play with. And they're your deck of cards, basically. So it is like a deck builder in that you are building up your deck. You may be culling your deck at times, but you start out and everybody, it's a two to four player game and everybody has their own set of best friends. These are two cards that you start with and you can't, you can't lose them. And that's important because in this game, you need to uh, use your friends or they might go away. You need to play with your friends or they might go away from you. Because you are building up hands to play out. And these uh, hands of cards with the kids, they have certain abilities and they have certain suits too. So they have the skateboard suit, the crown suit, the oh, the squirt gun suit. They're all different suits of cards. And that's important because that has to do with the action on the cards. So on each card, there is a public action and a private action. And so when it's my turn to go, I have my five, five cards in my hand and I choose one of the suits that I want to use and a particular card with that suit, essentially. And then I choose to do the public or private action. I can do them in any order I wish, but I have to be able to do it fully. In other words, like you have different slots uh, to gather stuff like pizza or toys. And if it's supposed to give me, that card is supposed to give me a certain number of toys, I have to have space for them. If I can only take a certain amount and I can't take the full amount on the card, I can't do that action because I can't do it fully. So anyway, I would take this action let's say it's a private action and it says for however many symbols you have on your lookout which i'll explain in a second for however many symbols you have on your lookout you're going to get this many pizzas and i might take that action now i can also take the public action which might be a different action but if everybody else has the same suit card as i have they can also take that action by discarding a card so it's a follow action, just like uh, Glory to Rome, just like a lot of games where you can follow the the leader, the person playing. What happens sometimes, though, is when I'm taking that private action and it's my turn, if I have 
cards in my lookout, which is just like a lot of Carl Chuddick games like Glory to Rome. That means cards slid under my board with the suits. So if I played a, a squirt gun suit card and I have more squirt gun suits, I get to take that action more. And if I have another squirt gun card in my hand, I can play that one with the other one and power up the action more. So you see, you're getting these combos and trying to build up stuff uh, to get points, to get your fort to be bigger, that sort of thing. Because the game ends uh, one of three ways. Either there's not enough cards to recruit from out in the middle, or there's somebody has built their fort up all the way, or somebody has reached 25 points. With that in mind, you want to build up your fort, you want to get stuff, and you want to amass victory points, basically. But the interesting wrinkle is, any card I didn't play with, any card whose suit I didn't use from that five that I drew, goes out into my yard, right in front of me. And now, I get to recruit cards at the end of my turn, and I can recruit cards from the center of the table or anybody else's yard. So because I didn't play with kids in my hand, then they have to, uh, they, they might want to go play with somebody else. So they sit out in my yard and wait to see if anybody else uh, grabs them up and puts them in the deck. Hmm. So there's an interesting push and pull with how you want to use cards. Will they help your, um, help your opponents around the table too much? Uh, are you going to try to use this card because you really don't want it to go out of your deck? It's interesting. It's definitely a family game. It says eight plus on the box. You know, uh, it does interesting things with deck building. Okay. But you don't get as much of the feel of combos because you can't always use all your cards in your hand. In fact, you most of the time won't be able to use all the cards in your hand. And it it feels very if this were if this were a car engine, it would feel like it was chugging and starting and stopping and starting and stopping because hmm. you get those hands right and you and you amass stuff to do the combo and then you sometimes the cards that helped your other time because you've shuffled your deck uh, end up in your yard and somebody else takes that card. So now, you, so now you're sort of chugging and trying to build back up speed to go again. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't combos to be had and, and interesting choices to be made, but it, I don't know how I feel about it. I've had a couple of plays at three and at four, and it's interesting, but I'm not always going to pull it out of the shelf. Here's the thing about this game. This game is super charming. I mean, Kyle Farron's art nailed it, and the packaging and the, the theme, it's all there. It's great that i mean it really is they nailed it and and you know i played it with my son and he's talking about oh man i want a golden boy or oh man i can't believe scout's going to play at your house and all this kind of stuff you know <laughs> it's so that that is fun but um uh, for those of us heavier gamers i don't know if it has a lot of legs it's an interesting idea you know but uh it, it's it's like a family game for glory to rome fans i think and again, I don't want to say it's the same thing, but there's less of a sense of progression with this game because you're starting and stopping sometimes with your hands. But again, that's only after two plays. Hmm. So there you have it. That's uh, that's Fort. Uh, really charming production. I just don't know if I'll play it with anybody except my family. So, and it, and it does last. You know, it lasted 45 minutes to an hour, and that was our first family play. And for my son, for a card game, sometimes he doesn't want to do that. Hmm. But yeah, that is tougher for you know, basically a a pure deck builder, right? To to go that long because that that's one of the things that like if we're gonna play like Star Realms or Hero Realms or something like that, the game just speeds up 
as you go and as your decks get stronger and you just that's exactly right and there's quickly a, there's a sense of acceleration and sometimes there's a sense of acceleration in points in this game but you just feel like your combos start and stop a little bit because you don't have as much control hmm. so but it's an it's an interesting game i would definitely recommend a play of it i'm not sure i would recommend a buy at this point yeah all right you gotta say something about gmt to wake clef up uh, oh hey uh chits chits encounters what huh <laughs> what Boing. now Coin. Oh, oh. Yeah. What are we talking? You guys talking about GMT games? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> no, yep. no. I, I I mean, I would try. I think I would try Fort, but it, it doesn't sound like it's my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, you don't even really like Glory to Rome anyway. So I, I don't really think. Uh, I wouldn't say I don't like right. Glory to Rome, but I don't. Uh, yeah, I, it, I'm just kind of when I play it, I'm like, it's OK, but it's not like, a, oh, my God, type of game like it is for some people. Well, so here's a, a quick question for you, because card games for you in general, I feel like are less interesting than they may be to some other people. Now, I know how much you like Skull King, so that's off the table. But I think uh, <laughs> Richie and I like card games a little bit more. And what interests me is I wonder if that's because you spent so much time playing Magic and, and everything pales in comparison to Magic in, in your mind. Um, I, I would say... I don't know. I mean, magic certainly was a big part of my beginning of gaming and I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of things that I, you know, the building of the decks was probably one of the more interesting things for me. So that's possible because obviously you got, you got to do it yourself as opposed to like during the game or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I think maybe just with everything, um, my, ch my tastes have just changed and just, uh, just a, regular deck builder just anymore is just i'm not saying it's not exciting to me i just there's other things that are more exciting i guess to me i can understand that that makes sense but, yeah. well rich richie is right though uh we have gone way too long without talking about uh, gmt so i i think we probably we probably need to get onto our review will you will you help us in that absolutely Struggle is a two-player game that is from GMT Games, designed by Ananda Gupta and Jason Matthew. It's a two-player game where one player is going to be playing the British Empire and one player will be playing the French Empire. It takes place from around the beginning of the 1700s through almost the end of the uh, American Revolution, so close to around the 1800s. And the object kind of of the game is to control different areas on the board. Um, you're going to be doing that with a ser with uh, action points that you're going to be using. And I don't want to get too much in depth of here, the game, but you've got different action points that you can use to basically try to make your flag the country that you're playing. So if you're the British, obviously you're trying to make British flags out there and French the opposite. And... You have uh, merchant areas, you have military areas, and then you also have diplomatic areas. You also are going to have cards that you that are event uh, cards that you're going to get each round that you also compare with ministry cards that your own country will have these own personal ministry cards. And they are going to do things that are going to obviously help you 
uh, continue to try to, you know, dominate or trying to uh, control different areas. There is also after it was the, the game is played over six rounds. There are six peace rounds and then there are four different wars that are kind of in between the peace rounds. And the wars are, you're, you're not actually like any with like battling or anything in the, in the sense of like on the board or anything like that, but you'll have this separate board where you're putting different war tiles on the mat. And when you go to war, you're going to flip these tiles up and then there's different areas you control that you're going to get bonuses for and such. And then you can gain uh, victory points through that. It's very similar for anyone who's played Twilight Struggle. It has the same basicness of you are trying to score so many points, and if you get to so many points, you automatically win the game, um, or you're trying to basically dominate the whole world to try to kind of win the game. Um, I don't want to, guys, I don't want to go too much into depth detail on the actions because we, we'd be here for, you know, a half an hour, me trying to explain everything. But the like, that's really the basics of the game is just playing these action tiles and these cards. And really, you're trying to dominate the world is either the French or, or the British. There you go. There's a really brief overview, Imperial Struggle. Let's talk about the game, guys. Okay. All right. So shall we start off where we always do? Uh components and uh graphic design and art uh richie what's your thoughts on the uh old art there the board is beautiful uh, i mean that's a lot of gmt games though um it, it's also very intimidating just when you sit down at the table uh when you're going to learn it but once you know it everything makes sense and i, I think they did a great job uh, of laying everything out uh, obviously there and i mean this is something you guys had to deal with more uh, since you you're the ones who taught it originally but uh, obviously there's a lot of errata that got posted afterwards of things that were printed wrong and whatnot but they i mean they are going to be fixing those things outside of that though i i love the i love the board i love all the components i think they did a great job all right very good yeah you can tell that this was a labor of love the board itself is a beautiful map that you could it looks like old world uh world map and uh, of the time period it's it's really beautiful in that way it generally, with with the exception of the printing errors, it generally conveys what it needs to, which uh, which is great. It, why I say it's a labor of love is because there are these war tiles uh, that Clef had talked about that you're devoting to the different wars, and they're nice thick uh, chits that you want out there. But also, for every single war, there are different ones, and these are like plus three, um, plus three uh, attack or whatever. They're also add debt to your opponent because debt is important. You can use uh, you can use money to add to points to your action points and that sort of stuff. And so there are those kinds of things. But they just needed to have one set. And honestly, I just play one set usually. But they have devoted different ones for each war because they have named them after things like George Washington or Marie, Joseph Paul, whatever, uh, uh, you know, Bunker Hill, those kinds of things like um and each one is different for each war. So they didn't have to be that way, but you can tell, like I said, that it's a labor of love. And then of course they have the playbook that comes along with the actual rules of play. And that, that um, explains each chit, each individual chit and what the significance was. So uh, in that way, if you are a fan of history, which you should be if you're playing a GMT game, it's uh, the chef's kiss. What did you think, Clef? Oh, I thought it was 
uh, I mean, I really feel like GMT just does an outstanding job with always with their graphic design and with the art. The board is, I mean, it's big. It's a table hog, but it's beautiful. I mean, they have it very nicely. It's divided into four different regions, um, which are the regions that you're, you know, you're kind of fighting over to try to get victory points. And they do a really nice job of everything being very clear and, um, you know, just understandable, which is something when you're playing a game like this, you want to be able to uh, understand the iconography. Now, I agree with what Richie said. I remember the first time and, uh, you know, a local listener, uh, Joe Farrell, uh, taught me this game. And I remember looking at this board and just being like, whoa, what the heck is going on? I mean, there is so much. But once you kind of understand the game, I think it really works well. I think they did a good job of, you know, that once you know it, 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 it clicks. Um, now, as you said, there are a couple of things. Uh, there is some mistakes on the board. Um, there are some mistakes in the cards. So that's an unfortunate thing. But um, I think Richie was talking the other day. You can, I think, contact GMT and for five bucks or something, get a like a packet or something to fix the stuff. Is that what it was, Richie? Uh, yeah, soon they're going to have, because uh, there are a few games uh, just that kind of came out at the same time. Like All Bridges Burning is going to be one of them as well, uh, where they had some issues uh, with the, the who they used uh, to publish. And uh, so they're, they're going to have like a, a multi-pack fix for all of these that you can pick up. I think if you actually bought them directly through GMT, you're going to get those for free. But if you bought them elsewhere, uh, you can, I think, just pay the shipping to get it to you. Right. Uh, I think actually, because I did that, Versailles 1919 is, is one of them actually. So, Oh, yeah. I better be getting this then, huh? <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, well, let's, let's move into, you know, the main, uh, the main topic here, uh, gameplay. So Chad, you were actually the first of the three of us to get to play this game. What's your overall thoughts of it? I played Twilight Struggle way, way early in my exposure to modern board gaming, and I didn't enjoy it much at all. Uh, I didn't enjoy the fact that it was uh, two player and it went for, you know, three plus hours and the guy who taught me just really wanted to play twilight struggle but didn't really teach it very well and just smeared me um (laughs) that can happen in this game but the reason i bring that up is because this is this is the same designers with the same kind of uh same kind of uh dna um designing this game but there are some really key differences and i think a lot of people will have played twilight struggle and probably want to know what's different well, one of the things that is different and really smart about this game, and I will just say right now that I like, I have since gained an appreciation for Twilight Struggle and own Twilight Struggle, but I love this game 10 times more. And I will say that um, one of the really smart things, a couple of the really smart things are the ministry cards. So you have your own deck and you are using that deck to synergize with these cards that uh, are the... come from the group deck and i don't remember what what you call those but those are more like sort of a either a coin game or twilight struggle itself where you draw the card and you get one of the two actions depending on what your faction is so you're just trying to synergize those and you have a lot of time to plan you know what your deck is um 
the first time I played this and and didn't know the whole deck, and I thought I was being really awesome, and I I got the Jacobite Revolution nailed down as the as the British, and I was like, all right, I'm going, I'm on, I can't wait to play this extra Ministry card. This is going to be great. And then then Joe, as the uh, French, um, pulled the card that neg- completely negated my Jacobite Revolution card. And that's all it did, but it it ruined something that I had chased after for two rounds, not knowing that he had that in his own personal deck. So there is, you know, getting to know the system, getting to know the game. So that's one thing. But the other thing is you aren't getting your action points like Twilight Struggle from cards. You are getting them from chits that you are drafting back and forth. And then these are hard decisions because these chits will also let you play some of your event cards as well. Um, the ones that are hopefully synergizing with your ministry card. So there's a lot to, to mull over and it is easy. I feel like in this game to get a little bit of AP, but I'm your other, your, you know, your opponent is doing that too, because there's just a lot to plan out. Um, but those things make it more interesting. The fact that you are playing things that you're playing two factions that feel different, their ministry cards and their abilities play differently their spots out on the map do certain things and lend themselves to certain things and it is it feels more individualized in that way uh than than twilight struggle does uh what about you richie have you ever played twilight twilight struggle i have i have it on steam and i did end up picking up a copy of it in a trade here recently but yeah i I would agree with you that i i do enjoy this more uh one there are some randomness in uh twilight struggle that I mean, you can you can get hosed, yeah, and it's really not your fault. There's really nothing that you did. You just get a bad card draw. But I, yeah, I, I love the the cat and mouse in this one. And uh, after Clef had taught me the game, we were talking how I mean, really, as you get better at this game, it is going probably to get longer. Uh, just because <laughs> when I when he taught me, he did a great job teaching. But by the time you get to the end of this teach, you're just like, all right, let's just let's just go because I'm not retaining all of what you're saying. Right, right. I just started pulling levers. But as you yeah, as you play the game more, the game's going to slow down because you're you're going to recognize what the other person's doing. You're going to be making you know smarter decisions. Uh, I know, like in my my first game, <laughs> I went I went heavy in India, which. I mean, it worked out in the long haul because definitely in this game, if you are flagging a bunch of spots, because I had just a bunch of main action points um, and my minor action points that I used early on to flag a bunch of spots, but the goods weren't in that area at the beginning. The first uh, war really doesn't revolve around India, but towards the end of the game, it, it does become more important. And I mean, by that time, Clef was just like, well, there's it's it's takes so many of your action points to un to take it to neutral and then flip it to yourself that sometimes it's just not worth it to chase after certain things so uh yeah i I just love that kind of push and pull and i this is one where it it's so new and there's you know no one has really figured out the exact you know strategies to go after that there's kind of a fun exciting time in a in a game when it's like that yeah, agreed. Well, Clef, what, what what did you think about it, and how it, a how it relates to Twilight Struggle, and b you know the things that you thought were unique among GMT games? Um, well, very similar to you, Chad. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I played Twilight Struggle back, you know, uh, four years ago or whatever, and didn't much enjoy it either. Now, I I had taught myself, and so I really didn't maybe even understand the game fully. 
Um, but I did feel like that you could, you know, oh, I've got a whole hand of, you know, I'm the Americans and I got a whole hand of Russian cards. And, you know, I just felt like, oh, man, this game is really, you know, lucky based. Now, obviously, as time has gone on, I've played Twilight Struggle and now I think it's a fantastic game and I certainly understand it a lot better. Uh, so when I first was ready to play this game, I was like, okay, is this just going to be Twilight Struggle with a couple of different, you know, uh, with a different theme, basically. And I'll start off by saying absolutely not. This game is definitely, uh, well, it has the similarities in that you're trying to, you know, have the tug and pull of the victory points. The game itself is played quite differently, uh, where instead of having, you still have a uh, the the deck or whatever that is, a mutual deck that both people draw off of all the cards are good for both uh you know both uh countries uh it, it will have a this is good for the british and you do that action or this is good for the french so that's a little bit of a you know an easier thing i would say um however i really like how they did the whole action point uh tiles where you're drafting these action point tiles and there's when you draft action point tiles that are higher in numbers, you can't play your cards with them. They don't have a, a an ability to do that. If you draft the ones that have lower numbers, they give you the option to play the cards. So I really like that of, oh, well, if I take that one, I, I can't do as much, but I might be able to play this card that's really powerful. But if I take the other one, you know, then I can get into where I need to be, uh, you know, if I'm trying to conquer this spot or whatever. And kind of what Richie was saying, how the the places to conquer, it can be tough if you're trying to flip a flag. You know, if okay, I'm French and I'm trying to turn that British flag into French because it costs so much to just turn it to neutral and then turn it into your own flag. Uh, so the... Oh, you know, the cat and mouse or the, just the back and forth of this game is so, so fascinating. Now, the one downfall of this game is, well, I guess maybe the two downfalls is like Richie was saying, I mean, the teach is, is long. And like the first time I got taught this game, I was just like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just going to do some stuff, pull some levers and go. And it's so the teach is long and that and the, just the getting it is long. But the game itself is long. I mean, it's a two-player game, and you've got to say, if you want to, especially if you want to teach somebody new, you're like, hey, we're going to have to set aside like four hours to do this because it's going to take a long time to teach it, and it's going to take a long time to play it because there's just so much, and you're going to have to go over some stuff. So, um, no, that all being said, this is the type of game that I really, really enjoy. I think the gameplay is very interesting. It's very, you know, thought provoking. It's, it's the games that I like and it's almost what I, and I think I said uh, to somebody, it's kind of a, uh, kind of a cross between like Twilight Struggle and a, and one of GMT's coin games. I think they did a very nice job of kind of mm -hmm. almost feel like combining those together and putting this into this system. And that's and that is what you talked about I think where they're separating those event cards from the action points where you have that tough choice of do I take a lot of action points mm -hmm. or do I take the lower action points and get to play my event card with my ministry synergy or whatever you're doing, right. you know. So right. exactly, that's where you get that feel I right. think. Right. Exactly. 
I will say too that it, one thing that's really interesting where you are you, not only are you trying to control the map, right? You have each of those zones like the India area and Western Europe, which is almost all diplomatic actions, very important there. And then you have, you know, North America over uh, over in the, in the Indies and all that kind of stuff. But those are worth points. But then it also kind of weirdly feels like a Euro game because there are goods that come out every round that you are trying to uh, have the most uh, influence in. And so then you get victory points for those goods. So even if you didn't take over all the areas that you wanted to be able to take over, maybe you make that up. And that's why it's this push and pull. Maybe you make it up in goods that round. Or maybe you win the war, but you don't do so well in some of the other areas. So that's how there's so much of a Mm. tug of war in this game. Well, and I I like the fact that not only... um, you know, you're trying to get your flags out in the different areas to win the areas, but obviously the doing that also then can help you win the the goods, you know, so whichever goods are out. And then it also then works towards the war because in the war, like uh, if, uh, and we haven't really explained very much with the wars, but besides those, the tokens that you put on there, it really matters on the different alliances that you have in different areas and especially in Europe um, because uh, it will go through and it will say like, hey, are, do you have an alliance with the Dutch? Uh, yes. Okay, then you're going to get an extra point. Do you have one with the uh, with Ireland? Okay, you're going to get another point. And it goes through each one of these things. And the more you win a region by or by a war by, you're going to get more victory points or uh, one other thing we haven't talked about is you get these conquest points. And when you get a conquest point, it is really strong because you can just flip a flag immediately to yours without just one conquest point. But you can also take over what they call these territories. And both you know, uh, French and the British start off with certain territories. And if you can take out one of somebody's territories, you can do what's called isolating and actually isolate some of their items so then they can't build off of them anymore because they don't have like a like a main hub type of thing that you have to use. Mm. So it's a there's some I mean this game has so many different layers layers of strategy and even after playing it, you know, five times I'm still not even like still like I feel like I'm below a beginner. You know, I'm not even at beginner status yet playing this game. Right. One of the things I thought too, uh, that I'm finally learning to do is how to isolate certain markets like you talked about, because then you can't, you can't build off of those because they're isolated. And the other interesting thing is how important the first couple of times I didn't understand how important forts are and how they protect your, um, your certain areas from being, um, from getting, uh, what are those, those chits you put on them? Uh, not conquest, but demolitions or what do you put on the conflict markers? Yes. Thank you. Conflict markers. So you get the conflict markers put on. And then of course that doesn't, then if you don't remove a conflict marker, then that doesn't count towards your, you know, your area control of that, of that area for wars or anything else. So, and conflict markers can give you bonus points towards wars if you put them on someone else. So that's important. So I've just started uh, more to uh, use forts to advantage and not just to think of them as, Oh yeah, well this costs a lot of points and I don't know if I want to put that down. Of course, squadrons do the same thing in protecting. But the other interesting thing that we haven't talked about yet is advantage tiles, you know, and that's what that's what Europe is really 
good for to me because there's other places that have advantage tiles but i've played a lot with joe and joe's won every game of course so because it's because <laughs> sure. it's joe i yep. mean really <laughs> but I'm, i just feel good if i can make it to the end of the game with joe so basically um uh th- there's there's an advantage tile in europe and it is for debt and we fight over that all the time because it's really strong. I mean, you can get these advantage tiles if you have certain areas. Um, if you have those locked up, then you get these advantage tiles on your mat and you can flip them over once around and use their ability. And this this reduces your debt, which is important because debt, if you have more um, a bit available debt, you can get more action points. So it's like doing more stuff. And so you're always going to want that. So if you can get a tile and keep it away from from your opponent for more action points per round, that's a huge deal. We always fight over that. Yeah, I would say uh, Clef and I, we fought over that, that same tile. And like you said, debt is so important. I love the mechanism in it where uh, if you are at your debt limit and uh, something your opponent does, like, it, like during the war, gives you more debt, you're just going to start losing victory points. So right. And it's just one of those things you 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 need to spend those action points. So uh, just because you you need to get those extra action points to start flipping flags or filling filling in the board for yourself. Uh, but at the same time, you're really you're rolling the dice to make sure you know that you're not just going to just start losing a bunch of victory points once you get to the war. Yep. Right. Okay. So well, uh, there is a lot in this game for sure. So, but let's move on real quick and talk about uh, variability. Um, so, Chad, what? What's your thoughts on the variability of this one? So this does feel like a game that, and in fact, <laughs> Joe Joe enjoys beating me all the time. So he could do this every single weekend. And, he, you know, he, he's always talking to me because there, there's a really good mod, by the way, on Tabletop Simulator for people in these times right now. So if you know the game or can learn the game enough to play it on Tabletop Simulator, I'd highly recommend it. But uh, so we played back and forth a number of games on there as well as in physical. But the nice thing, and it, it populates everything for you during each round, but the nice thing is that all the areas that we talked about on the map, that's going to be variable as to how many points they are each time. So they're tiles, and you just flip them over and, and mix them around and, and turn them up, and they're different. Same thing with the goods. The goods that come out, could be it could be tobacco every time. It could be cotton only once, which you're totally frustrated because you had a huge presence in in India or something. It could be just a number of things. Um, and and then, of course, that whole huge deck of event cards that you will get and that only help your side, you know, or, or you only get to play one side of that card, you know. Uh, so there's, there's tons of variability, I think, uh, in a game like this where so many decisions can make a difference. Well, how did you feel? I feel like it's high. How did you feel, Richie? I would agree because it, it's just one of those things, like I said, when you look at that map and you're first learning it, I mean, you're just going to be pulling levers. So, I mean, it's going to be a long time before you really master this game and, you know, you you really know exactly the way that you want to go when you're playing it. So, I, for me, it's, it's high variability uh, and replayability just because there's so much there that you have to you know, master to, to become really good at the game. What about you, Clef? Uh, yeah, I, now I will say this. I mean, you know, the, the ministry cards, you know, there is only a few choices each, um, era. So there's not a lot of variability there. And the first set of event cards is kind of actually a smaller deck, but once you get into the empire, the succession, I guess is the first session. But then when you get into the empire phase, 
you shuffle in a lot more cards. So there's a lot more variability, I think, once you hit that. Um, but agreed where, you know, you don't know what's going to score, uh, you know, what goods are going to come up. You also don't know which which areas are always going to be the more lucrative when it comes to the victory points since those change every single time too. So I think this has a lot of great variability and because the game has so much depth, uh, you know, I just think you could play this a hundred times and still get something new out of it every time you play. I mean, just, just like Twilight Struggle in that way, you know, the people that play Twilight Struggle have played it a ton. And uh, so, yeah, I think this is the same way, only more so because of the ver- the, the, the variable nature of some of the board states. Right. Uh, I will say, by the way, if you read the whole playbook cover to cover, there is a part in the design notes where they talk about people bug them that Napoleon's not in it. And I don't know if you guys thought about that, but it's pretty huge for them not to really talk about Napoleon at all in an 18th century uh, war game with France in it. But they said that that made it way too long uh, for playtime. So I can't man- I can't imagine it making it any more long. But, you know, uh, yeah, they said that that, that made it longer and, and they just trimmed it out for playtime experience. But if this was really popular, that they would consider adding it as an expansion. So that could be extra added variability to play with the little Napoleon. Well, I, I did tell uh, I did tell Richie at some point. We're going to be playing this game, and then about the time we hit the uh, American Revolution War, we're going to set it off the side, and we're going to go play Liberty or Death, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll finish. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I totally agree. <laughs> uh, okay. So, well, I mean, I think let's uh, – should we put a bow on this and uh, give the uh, punchboard rating scale here? Let's do it. All right, so at Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. Chad, what would you give Imperial Struggle? Well, like I said, I really like this game. I mean, I really like it. It is one of those games that you could just you could play it and totally be satisfied. This is a game that has tons of interesting choices and also tells a story if you want it. I mean, we know how much Clef really doesn't care about theme in games, and that's why he plays GMT games. But I will say that <laughs> there are some really interesting stories to be told here on the cards. They're right there, you know, and and the back and forth. And you will walk away from this game saying, ah, you remember that time where I thought I had you and you did this or your squad when you killed me, when you chucked my squadron and you were able to, you know, get yours in there. there there's tons of this, tons of it. And it makes for a really interesting night and so i will say for couples gamers if you have that person that you played twilight struggle with oh my gosh snatch this up you're going to be in love it's going to be the best thing ever go for it um it is it just misses my top 10 i think it just misses my top 10 and that's probably just because it's a two-player four-hour game uh but it is the highest five i could possibly give it without giving it a six it is a great game and right now to be honest with you and i i don't i'm not doing a cleft wingspan but right now i think it's my top of the year number five i, I give imperial struggle a five i, I don't think you're going to have to worry about uh, switching on that so all right uh, <laughs> good and solid there richie what about you uh, i'm going to repeat a little bit of uh, what chad said where i mean honestly the only things that hold this game back for me is uh, that it's a two-player game that goes so long uh, I, I bought a copy 
and I'm going to test by marriage, and I'm going to try to teach Jessica. <laughs> but if all of a sudden I'm recording in Clef's basement, and then you know what happened. It didn't go well. <laughs> hey, I, I, I got an extra couch right over here for you, Richard, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy this more than Twilight Struggle. Not, you know, it's not a, a huge gap, but I, I like the fact that it it's less of that card driven that you have in Twilight Struggle and you have those action tiles uh, in Imperial Struggle and the in less randomness. I do like that. Uh, so for me, it, it is also coming in at a five. I would probably give Twilight Struggle a four. Uh, so uh, this for me is coming in at a five. Like I said, and like Chad said, the, the, the time length and the two player only, uh, it makes it tough to get to the table, even though it, it is a great game, but it, it's hard to you know really plan for that. Uh, unless I can get Jessica to to come on board with me with it, but hey, we'll see. I've we'll had, see in a year. Yeah, Missy's played it twice, so you never know. I mean, you, you might never be, know. Might you never get know. in there. So, have you? Oh, can I ask Clef really quick? When yeah. you played with Missy, did you guys sit for four hours or did you come back? Uh, we took a break. Um, otherwise, my marriage would have been over. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there was a point where, yeah, we we just had to take a break and. Uh, kind of regroup have some dinner and relax and then we we uh came back um you know and it, it got to a point now i i will say one thing about my five plays of this game i have yet to go to the end and do in-game scoring oh really I, every single game that i have played i have either won before then or i have lost before you know the end of the game and uh, we didn't talk much about how you win this game because uh, there's instant win conditions of either having, you know, victory point uh, win condition or you can dominate the entire globe and, and the goods or you can dominate a, a total war uh, effort or whatever. Um, and one of those three things has happened in every single one of the games that I have played so far. So, yeah, I've not even finished this game. Uh, I think Missy and I, our second game, I think we would have finished it, but there was a point where I decided to save my marriage, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to concede and say, you won this game, and let's move on. Um, so. it, is a con- it is a contentious game, you know. It, it, it does feel, because you're, oh, yeah. you're two players going back and forth at each other uh-huh. for four hours, and so it really does feel tense. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, it, Play with your significant other, but be careful about it. That's for sure. So, um, well, I would love to come in and give something different here and be disagreeable. But, you know, hey, this is why you guys are a couple of my best friends and your good good gaming partners because you guys are smart. Well, except for when you start talking about Gloomhaven or whatever. But anyways, um, totally agree. This is going to come in at a very solid five for me. This is a solid, very, very good game. But the fact that it is such a long and only two-player game does knock it down just a little bit on the playability. You know, it's, it's going to be hard to get it to the table. And as I was saying earlier, it's hard to say, hey, let me teach you this game and play it. You know, you, you've got to have a huge chunk of time in order to do that. And, you know, whether that's a, you know unfair to the game, because that's what it is, um, but hey, a five is a good solid game, and I would suggest this to anybody who likes uh, Twilight Struggle. Definitely, this one is worth giving a try to because it is so so good. It's different, and I don't want to say it's better because I don't want any Twilight Struggle fans to be like, "Oh my goodness!" You know, 
but it's for me, I do like it better than Twilight Struggle also. But not by a ton, but I do like it better. Yeah, good, solid game. So a nice, solid five. And I'm going to echo what Chad said. I mean, right now, hands down, this is my top game of 2020. Now, not a lot of competition out there yet, but, you know, right now, top game. All right. So that's fives across the board. Woo. Uh, well, gentlemen, let's uh, that was a that was a nice meaty review. Hopefully people got a, a good idea of Imperial Struggle. Uh, let's let them uh, clear their brains and hear Clef do a commercial. How many times have you spent more time getting your board game set up than playing it? Well, if you have, then you need an insert from 3D Bitspace. They make great ones from Marco Polo to Grand Austria Hotel. You can even contact the owner, Ryan, about a custom insert. So head on over to Etsy.com and search 3D Bitspace. And when you order, also send Ryan an email and mention Punchboard Paradise and receive a free hex tray. Get to playing games and not setting them up. Wow, man, I sound good on that commercial. All right. Um, Hey, let's let's talk about something. Let's talk about something awesome. Let's talk about a couple of new uh, patrons. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I could nail these names, Chad, but I'm gonna let you do it because that's what we say we're gonna do. So take it away. Who do we got? (laughs) We have two brand new, brand spanking new patrons. Really excited, and that is Jacob Bredthauer and John Frazier. Thank you both of you, and thank you to uh, the the whole rest of the uh, patron crew that we got, and uh, and all our listeners. And we know, especially in these trying times, not everybody can support us, but uh, just by listening and talking about us on the social media interweb and uh and and boosting us uh, that helps too so we really appreciate y'all's support we've seen a lot of new t-shirts out there wearing wearing the punchboard paradise garb it's great i love it so uh so thank you in particular to jacob and john but thanks also to all of our loyal crew yeah woohoo thanks guys right. yeah hopefully uh hopefully sometime next year we'll start talking a little bit about a punchboard paradise gone I guess we, I think we're, yeah. Uh, door prize is a vaccine actually. So, uh, Hey, Hey, (laughs) obviously, you know, yeah. And we're going to sit next year. Hopefully this vaccine is a, uh, as good as they say it is. And, you know, hopefully we can get back to going to cons next year. That would be nice. Yeah. Well, one thing, you know, in in order to, uh, to still feel close to close to the, uh, punch bunch, we can, uh, honor their, their wishes and uh name me the winner by quite a bit i think of the last draft right uh you, you squeaked by uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you did all right okay richie what were those numbers come on you're always quick with those numbers <laughs> uh, i'm gonna be a little slow with them today <laughs> all right so this was the best uh, player interaction draft that we had last episode and Chad, Chad did all right. Uh, he earned 55.6% of the vote. Yeah, it's okay. Not bad. Yeah. And then <laughs> I came in second with 28.9%. Oh, yeah, good, good. And Clef, yeah. Clef as predicted, yeah. 
uh, came in last with 15.6%. Hey, I, when I started that draft, I said, I'm coming in last. So I, Yeah, I, he called I, it. He called his shot. I called a shot. I think your Mickey Mouse impression got you some pity votes. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think. But well, we'll have to keep doing it then. <laughs> okay. Well, no, that's gonna. My one request for starters is gonna be for this for this minute that you not talk in it. But uh, I think for as the winner for my request, I want you to talk about uh, one of my favorite topics, uh, and that's why uh, that's why we're gonna talk about it. Uh, Chicago style pizza, uh, and why oh, it is. Ooh, so, I like this one. Yeah. Chicago style pizza, why it's superior and why hamburger on pizza is a freak Midwestern uh, hick thing. So there you go. Let's 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 hear you talk about it. Well, uh, you know, Chicago style pizza, when you're eating it in Chicago is a lot of fun because maybe you're like at a Cubs game or, you know, uh, watching a ball game. That'd be nice. So that pizza would be really good. Well, I'm, you know, out in the bleachers and enjoying a beer and you know eating that that thick pizza hey here's one good thing you only need to eat one piece piece and it fills you up because it's so thick you don't have to eat very many pieces so there's a good thing about it and uh hey i live in the midwest we have a lot of beef and i like beef so that's you know whether it's a weird thing to be on a pizza and i mean you cut up a pig and you put little pieces of pepperoni what's wrong with cutting up a cow and putting some hamburger on it <laughs> i think it's all good but really <laughs> chicago pizza sucks go yes. oh no way <laughs> oh, 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 nope. i thought it was no. done with my time to get the spirit of it the fact that all they eat all i've ever seen when i go over there on uh, friday nights is when they're usually getting food all they, they eat being, is either they being dan and and Clapable. yeah dan and brent and yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, all they eat are well, Brent, hamburgers. Brent doesn't eat it. He's a vegetarian. Uh, Brent doesn't. Yes, okay. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> all I've seen Brent eat is donuts. So. Yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> all they eat are hamburgers from Pizza Pie Guy Yeah. or hamburger pizza. Yeah. Uh, they claim Papa Murphy's is the best. This is where oh, I, I really disconnect. So oh, so good. I really disconnect from Clough because I, I love Pizzeria Davolo, which is Chicago yes! style pizza. Yes, look here. at you. I love it. Oh, man. It's fantastic. Yes. And they, 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 they said some not nice things about that the last time you brought it. I know. Uh, Chad, just so you know. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I know they did. <laughs> but it's, it is fantastic. Nice uh, taste, Richie. I can always count on you. That's uh, great. Uh, All right. Say. Well, a valiant effort. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Hey, that's why, just like in board games, there's all different slices for different people. Uh, there you go. Well, yeah, yeah. so Punch Punch, uh, thanks for hanging with us. Sorry this episode was late. We're just trying to be safe, but we really appreciate it. Uh, I just want to say, hey, take care of yourselves. That's important right now. And try to take care of each other. Yep. Thanks, everybody. We really, really appreciate it. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at punchboarders. We are on Instagram at punchboardparadise and Facebook at punchboardparadise. Uh, they're always one step ahead of us. How do we, how do we beat them in their own game? Well, we should. <laughs> <laughs>
No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe no more Mickey Mouse. I can't do it. I can't do it. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, 